the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. This is uh, this is a disturbing story out of North Dakota. Um, if you are a Bible believing, Jesus loving Christian, mark it down. You're not going to be the most popular person in your neighborhood, in your community, and maybe not even in your family. But don't be surprised. Have you read the Gospels recently? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Did you notice how many times Jesus warned his disciples? Hey, guys, they hated me. They're going to hate you. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. There will come a time when the world will think they are doing the rest of the world a favor by killing you. The early Christians were hated by the Jewish religion. They were hated by the Romans. Have you not heard about the Christians being fed to the lions? Now, uh, not all of that is true. Oh, yes, they were fed to the lions, but not for very long in the Colosseum. We usually hear that Christians were fed to the wild animals in the Colosseum so the Romans could watch. Well, that did happen, but not for long. And here's why. The Colosseum wasn't big enough to handle the crowds of the people, and the Colosseum seated between thirty and 40,000 people. This is a big structure. But it was not big enough. Down the road from the Colosseum was the Circus Maximus, That was where they had the chariot races. It was a big, long, it was like a NASCAR track, you know? A big oval track, and that's where they had the chariot races. And there's very little of the Circus Maximus left. It's not like the Colosseum, where there's quite a bit of it left, and we can see what it looked like. Circus Maximus, there's not very much left if you go there. Uh, It's really hard to figure out where the track was and so forth. But archaeologists have figured out. Anyway, they are estimating that at its peak, 100,000 people or more could be handled at the Circus Maximus. And that's where most of the Christians were fed to the animals. At least that's what we were told when I was in Rome several years ago. So, hating Christians is nothing new, and it should not surprise us. We, uh, we here in America have lived in a bubble for 
200 years or so, from the founding of our country until the 1960s, Christians were honored. Christians were respected. Christians were revered. Pastors, ministers were honored, respected. And because we were we were founded, our country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Most of our founding fathers were Bible-believing Christians. Not all of them, but most of them were. And those that were not Bible-believing Christians had enormous respect for Christians and the Bible and the Word. That's why, you know, the whole separation of church and state thing— which is not in the Constitution. And most of you know that phrase was found in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to a group of Baptists. Yeah, a group of Baptists who were concerned about this new Constitution because this group of Baptists had fled Great Britain because they were persecuted. They were not a part of the Church of England. And so they came to America because of religious freedom. And they wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson. We want to make sure that when you guys draft this Constitution thing that's going to govern us for the future, we want to make sure that we will be free to practice our religion as our God and as the Bible dictates. And it was in response to that letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote, basically, obviously, this is my contemporary paraphrase, but you can look up the letter, find it easy on the internet. Thomas Jefferson wrote back and said, hey, guys, you really don't have to worry, because in the Constitution, we are going to establish a wall of separation between church and state. Now, if you look at the context, if you look at the communication between the Baptists and Thomas Jefferson, it's very, very easy to see that Thomas Jefferson was promising this religious group, the government is not going to interfere with what you believe. We will never tell you what you can do, what you can't do, what you can say, what you can't say. We will never, ever interfere as a government with what you do. We're going we're gonna to build a wall to keep the government out of the church. But it was a one-way wall. The church was deeply involved in government. The government was not to be involved in the church, but the church was deeply involved. Church services were held in the House of Representatives for years. Church services were held in the chambers of the Supreme Court for many years. Anyway, forgive me for chasing that rabbit, but that brings me to this story out of North Dakota. Some of you are going, Bob, I didn't think you'd ever go to Okay, a Christian college in North Dakota was defeated at the hands of North Dakota State by a humiliating 108 to 14. Yeah. 
Oh, not only did they get beat, they got humiliated. This is Oak Hills Christian College in Minnesota. They played in Nebraska uh, because they're a part of the Northern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference and the National Christian College, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, this Christian college in Minnesota played uh, North Dakota State, and they got walloped 108 to 14. Well, you would think there would be a great deal of support. Boy, we're really sorry. We feel bad. You got beats. No, 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 no. Social media went crazy because Oak Hills Christian College is actually a Christian college, and they don't allow same-sex relationships, same-sex dating. They take a biblical position on gender, sexuality, marriage, and the family. So, when word got out that they had this humiliating defeat, social media lit up. And social media said it's because they are a homophobic institution. A, uh, I won't give his name, but a uh, well-known individual on X, used to be Twitter, said, here's the thing. Oak Hills Christian is a homophobic institution that was granted a Title IX exemption to be allowed to discriminate against homosexual students. I wish they would have lost by more. Another person on social media said they should have run up the score even more. Another person wrote, I almost felt bad until I looked up the school and found out that they were a bunch of homophobes. I wish they would have lost by more. Yeah. Uh, Sympathy? No. Disdain? Scorn? Hatred? Yes. Why? Because in their student handbook, this Christian school says, and I quote, We uphold the sanctity of marriage as God ordained, a special union between a biological man and a biological woman, within which sexual relations are honored and affirmed by God. We have the conviction that all sexual unions outside of marriage as thus defined are sinful. In dealing with sexual sins outside of marriage, we must be attentive to Scripture and therefore consistent in applying Oak Hill's community policies to both heterosexual and homosexual situations. So in other words, no sex outside of marriage, regardless of whether you're heterosexual or homosexual. Now, The statement is not finished, however. It goes on and says, Our obligation before God is to love all persons, understanding such love in the context of the truth of God's Word. In that light, we will demonstrate civility and compassion as we engage in dialogue with others on these issues, seeking to embody the gentle and patient love of Christ. We believe that all human beings are made in the image of God and therefore have dignity and worth. Even though we may disagree with some, and even though some may come under discipline for violating Oak Hill's community standards for biblical living, we will love them. Yeah. They took a biblical stand and said, hey, we're going to abide by Scripture on 
homosexuality, same-sex unions, and so forth, and premarital sex regardless. But we want to make it clear, we love everyone. But that's not enough with the wicked world around us. So they got humiliated on the basketball floor, and they got destroyed on social media because they believe the Bible. Well, I pray that those basketball players will be encouraged. And may their tribe increase. No, winning is not everything. Far, far from it. to come to your church. Find out how to host a CrossPower weekend at crosspower.net. I don't know how many of you are on Facebook. I continue to tell you that I have a uh, love-hate relationship with Facebook. Uh, Joy and I have made contact with old friends, young people in our youth group, way over 45 years ago. Um, Joy posts wonderful things on her personal site, her author site for her book, and our ministry, Cross Power Ministry site. She keeps those updated and posts wonderful, inspirational sayings, poems, etc. There's a lot of good. And then there's just, you know, not every day, but often I read posts and I go, why in the world are you posting that? Family members attacking each other on Facebook. What are you doing? But one of the things that Facebook does is they flash memories. I don't know how the software works, but not every day, but often Memories pop up. You have memories with so-and-so, memories and so-and-so. During the break, I uh, looked at my phone and looked at Facebook, and a memory popped up from 12 years ago, a dozen years ago. 12 years ago, one of my great heroes, Mel Sabaka, went to heaven. I can't believe it's been 12 years. And it just reminded me that um, the real heroes are not on the football field, not on the basketball court, not on the baseball diamond, not on the soccer field. That's not where the real heroes are. The real heroes are people like Mel Sabaka. Mel was an old uh, ex-Marine probation officer, tough as nails, but then he got gloriously saved. I mean, he was still tough. You could tell he was Marine through and through, but man, did he fall in love with Jesus. 
And I would imagine that of all the men that I have known in my entire life, I was more impacted by Mel Sabaka. And I would imagine that 99.9% of you never, ever heard of Mel Sabaka. He was a youth pastor when I met him at Canton Baptist Temple, which was Joy's home church. She was, or he was her youth pastor. He ended up marrying us in 1969. But he used to get in my face and just thunder. And I mean thundered. Bernie, love the book. You hear me, young man? Give your life to the book. Love the book. Preach the book. Study the book. Memorize the book. You give your life to the book. Do you understand me? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I'm a 20-year-old kid, 21, 22 years old, and this ex-Marine, the veins on his neck are sticking out, and he's spitting all over me. He's right in my face telling me to love the book. And for all of these years, I have uh, tried to do that. Mel Sabaka went to heaven 12 years ago. He married Joy and I on December 21st, 1969. I'll never forget it. Never forget him. And uh, there are hundreds, uh, there are probably thousands of people around the country and around the world that are in ministry today because of the influence of the old ex-Marine, ex-probation officer that gave his heart to Jesus, Mel Sabaka. Folks, listen. If you dedicate your life to serving Jesus and dedicate your life to the Word of God, your influence will never stop. He's been dead 12 years, been in heaven 12 years, and I'm still trying to obey what he ordered me to do so many, many years ago. Folks, love the book. Dedicate your life to the book. Have a great evening, and please remember whose you are. Listen, listen, think, think, discern, discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.